Okay, well, we are live, and uh, this is Jeremy Walker with uh, CR101radio.com. And it's our first broadcast live here, and uh, so it's kind of new. Right now we are on live on our website at CR101radio.com. We also are on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash CR101radio.com. Uh, Twitter as well, Twitter.com forward slash CR101radio. And uh, it also runs on Periscope for Twitter as well. And we're also on our um, app as well for CR101 Radio. And our app is for iOS and Android devices as well. And this is the first broadcast I've done uh, for this type of thing, testing out the platforms. Uh, you can check us out on our website at cr101radio.com. Now, as far as uh, what I wanted to talk about today... Uh, CR101 Radio is very simple. CR101 was uh, thought up by me a while back um, for standing for Christian Reconstruction uh, 101. And Christian Reconstruction is very simple and it gets a lot of uh, people misunderstand what it is and when theonomy and these kinds of things about what it is and what it stands for. And so I'm not going to spend too much time uh, discussing it overall, but I wanted to go over what people are talking about. Also, have my little handy dandy bowl here, and this little bowl is for our giveaway that we do. And uh, our giveaway, we do book giveaways on our website at cr101radio.com, and there we give away free books. And uh, right now, we're giving away three uh, free books at the moment, and we like to package those together. We found out that over the time, as time went on. We're giving away just one book here, one book there, uh, once a month. And so we decided to change it up a little bit. We really wanted to promote uh, Christian Reconstruction. We wanted to elevate people's reading, uh, comprehension, and basic uh, theology and education in general. So we decided to not only do uh, hardback books and things like that, but we started to do ebooks. And ebooks is a lot easier. You don't have to do shipping, you don't have to worry about any of that. Right now, we are going to do a drawing. It's kind of what this is all about. And our drawing will be for our three-book uh, ebook set for um, Biblical Philosophy of History, Atheism of the Early Church, and Foundations of Social Order, uh, all three books by R.J. Restuni. And uh, these three books we're going to pull from here in just a second. And uh, all the different people that entered to win um, are put into this little bowl here. And uh, we're going to have another book, at least another set of books, uh, out uh, tomorrow. So you can find our website, cr101radio.com. At the top, click on Book Giveaway, and you can sign up for it there. We also have a couple podcasts that we do, uh, Preschool Pioneers. I host that, and I also host Reform, Reproduce, Reconstruct. Preschool Pioneers uh, specifically is geared towards uh, finding people, uh, inspiring them, equipping them, and then helping them get involved with Christian education itself and what to do with that. Uh, Reform, Reproduce, Reconstruct is discussing theology, uh, what you should know, what you should teach, the family, reproduction, of course, uh, and, of course, uh, reform uh, re Reconstruction is just the reforming of the church and how things uh, affect the world and what we should do. So you check those out on our website as well and uh, get our app, check us out on all the different stuff and connect with us. Now, to go ahead and get started, 
Uh, I just want to clear the air with some things about what Christian Reconstruction is and what theonomy is and um, some of the misconceptions that are had with those types of things. And so I want to start with something that I don't think people understand about Christian Reconstruction. And Christian Reconstruction, pretty simple, is just how, when a person is converted, what that means and how a person now acts uh, now that they're converted, they're a Christian, uh, they're saved, any of the terminologies you want to use, but what happens after that? And uh, I was converted at the age of 17 myself, and uh, the question was, well, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, in other words, people in the church tend to think that it just means praying the prayer, uh, becoming a Christian, and then for somehow, that's it. Uh, you're just supposed to soul win, supposed to just go find out people and teach the good news, but that's kind of it uh, for the most part. Uh, in other words, the Christian life has to do with your eternal salvation, but it doesn't really have anything to do uh, with the here and now, with what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to order your family, the morals you're supposed to have, um, how you're supposed to vote. Uh, civil government, if you got the opportunity to influence them, what would it look like? And uh, so that's kind of what uh, it falls apart with. The normal Christianity falls apart because they don't have any framework beyond salvation. And so Christian Reconstruction and Theonomy have to do with those two types of concepts. Um, if you look at Facebook or specifically Twitter, uh, you'll find that those two concepts uh, fall flat as a norm. And so CR 101 uh, was developed a very long time ago. Um, hopefully was supposed to be the hopes of a teaching tool. And uh, part of that is giving away free books. Uh, we also have uh, another resource which we've been working on as well, uh, Rest Your Knee Radio. Uh, restyourneeradio.org in connection with the Chalcedon Foundation, which you can find them at chalcedon.edu. Uh, lectures, sermons, audiobooks by R.J. Restyourney. Now, I want to go ahead and start here as we're discussing what is theonomy, what is Christian Reconstruction, uh, because people, like I said, misunderstand something about it. And so, as we're going to get to all this other stuff, I just want to touch on a couple of verses before we break a few things down and discuss it a little bit more because there's a lot of misconceptions about people and I remember saw, seeing somebody the, today talking about theonomists in particular uh, if you're not familiar with theonomy the concept the word uh, theonomy uh, theo means God nomos means law means God's law so when somebody says the word theonomy it's not a sect it's not a group it's not an organization uh, it just means God's law and its application to the world now, a lot of people have taken that concept, that idea of uh, theonomy, God's law, and developed it in lots of different ways. And uh, I said to somebody today, the problem with theonomy isn't that it's a problem. The problem with theonomy is theonomist. And uh, those are people who ascribe to the concept of theonomy because, of course, it uh, has so many problems with how people describe their own beliefs, their own ideas. Uh, there's a million different books on what was called theonomy. Uh, there's a lot of books on what's called Reconstruction or Christian Reconstruction. Um, I, I don't agree with everything uh, that's, that many people have written. A lot of people go way off board. Uh, a lot of other people think it to be a political movement, uh, something that they can kind of latch on to and uh, use as a political party to gain power. Um, nothing can be further from the truth. So let's go ahead and start here with Acts 17, 30 through 34. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day 
which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again on this matter. And uh, so Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. Now this is very the basic beginnings of uh, where I would say um, Christianity impacts the world. Because some people would say, well, we don't have the right to take God's law and then to apply it to anybody else besides the, the personal life of the Christian. And even then, they even people still say that God's law doesn't even affect that. Um, but here it's very simple. There was a time where God allowed uh, mankind to go his own way. Uh, he chose Israel, and the, the rest of the course is all in the history of the Bible. Uh, but he had chose Israel of everybody else, not because they were special, but because they were the least, uh, the least special of everyone. And uh, the Bible is very clear on that. It was nothing special about Israel for why he chose them. Um, but we have all throughout the Bible, you have um, Joshua and the people in Canaan with the Canaanites, the Hivites, um, all the people who are under judgment. You have Jonah who went into Nineveh and uh, the king down. All had to repent to avoid judgment. And uh, here... This is on now a global scale. I've done some Bible studies where uh, if you look at Jonah and his, what he was doing going into Tel Nineveh to repent, uh, Jonah was kind of a prelude to everything that was going to happen with the Gentile nations in general. And so here God is saying you all have to repent. To understand theonomy, to understand Christian reconstruction, you have to understand that it is the gospel. That's the beginning. Um, it's not like the gospel's over here and you know, God's law is over here. You have grace and you have law. That's not how uh, theonomy or Christianity or Christian Reconstruction works at all. And in fact, the I've almost stopped using the terms myself because the terms, people start to think that they're a, a, kind of a sect, a form that people just created. Um, like These are just doctrines over here that somebody came up with. Like somehow R.J. Rustuni, Greg Bonson, or Gary North, or all the rest of them came up with these ideas. Uh, now, there are ideas that they did come up with, uh, but they didn't come up with the concept of God's law being applicable uh, and they didn't come up with the idea that somehow Christianity is going to impact the world or reconstruct the world, or that's what we're supposed to use to affect the world around us. And uh, so the beginning of theonomy, the beginning of Christian reconstruction, the beginning of Christianity is the gospel itself, where we say that all men, uh, the gospel call, the, the, the major overall arching uh, call for repentance goes to all men everywhere. Uh, it's not some people, it's not some nations, some cultures, it's everybody. Uh, in school, we were just going over and teaching in Bible time. We are teaching the children about the uh, lost sheep. You had the parable of the lost sheep. You had the parable of the coins, a uh, woman lost a coin. Uh, and then, of course, you had the parable of the prodigal son. And all these things were be being taught that the Israelites were not the only ones who were God's people, but especially like the prodigal son was about how the men and mankind in general had left God and now they're being brought back into the fold, back here with Acts 17 as well, where all men are being commanded to repent. Now, they're not all going to do that, um, but the command is there. It's what they're supposed to do, but how can you repent of something if you don't have any law? And that's kind of the problem. Uh, the Ninevites had to put away all the evil that they had in their hands, everything that they were doing evil that was evil. In the story of Zacchaeus, uh, we have the little story of Zacchaeus, uh, wee little man, and uh, how he climbed the sycamore tree and all the rest. 
But the story of Zacchaeus is very interesting because uh, we're just teaching it at school. And Zacchaeus is, brings Jesus to his house, and he explains how he was a thief. He was a publican, which means a, basically a tax collector. And he used his position to also steal from people. Uh, but now he was talking to Jesus. He's explained that not only was he not stealing anymore, but he had also taken everything that he had uh, stolen and given it back times four, so restitution. And so he was utilizing the laws of restitution that are in the Old Testament. And the laws of restitution is how you make yourself right with somebody else. Um, if you've stolen, what's the remedy for it? How do you fix it? Saying I'm sorry is not enough. Um, and so Jesus commended Zacchaeus and said, salvation has come to your house today. In other words, to repent means not just to say something, but also means to do something. Faith without works is dead. But what are the good works that are on the Old Testament that tells us we're supposed to have good works? But what are the good works? They don't know. Without God's law, you don't have the understanding, the barometer, to tell you what good works are in the first place. And so if you're going to understand theonomy, if you're going to understand Christian Reconstruction, it starts with the gospel itself. There is a call to repentance. But repent from what? Uh, to repent of sin. But what is sin? How do you define sin? Uh, Westminster Confession of Faith has got a good definition of that. Sin is any want of conformity to the law of God. And uh, so it's also interesting, I was listening to Rushney, um, one of his sermons and lectures, talking about sins, and I think it was actually an audio book I was working on, uh, talking about how people would say, well, I'm not a murderer, or I'm not a thief. And that's the problem, is that people think that sin is certain specific sins, and if they're not guilty of those specific certain sins, then they're good people. The problem is, is that mankind in general is in rebellion to God, and that is his main problem. Um, to just jump back into what we're talking about here, about people that believe in grace versus law, and that for somehow to have God's law at all is to, to get rid of grace, or some kind of, you're going to try to be good enough to be one of God's people. These things are ridiculous, um, but people, lack of a better term, they're spiritual idiots, is what Rashuni called them. In other words, they, they don't really read, uh, they don't have any theology whatsoever, so in other words, they're not going to sit down and study and take the time to, to try to learn. Um, and it's not an insult, it's just a description of, of what's going on. Uh, but you have to get deeper than just a base knowledge. Um, kind of like growing up. Uh, you have babes, and then you have teenagers, and you have adults. Uh, but I'm going to jump into Romans 6, 1 through 7. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for, um, for he that is dead is freed from sin. This just simply means, if you're paying attention, is that we're not going to continue in sin. We don't have grace, and therefore we're going to continue to break the commandments. Um, you establish the law. You now are, were guilty of breaking the commandments, and now you're going to keep them. Uh, you have to have a newness of life. I think people, when they have a baptism, they say this, but I don't think that they're stopping to think about what it is. Um, you'll have somebody who'll baptize somebody and they'll say, raised to newness of life. 
But what is the newness of life? Well, the newness of life was the people that were non-Christians, when rebellion to God, refused to acknowledge his authority over them, and refused to obey his commandments. Now the Christian, the newness of life, uh, does acknowledge God, uh, does acknowledge their sin, acknowledges their need for Christ, and now they want to obey. I'm a parent myself. I have 11 children, and my children are wanting to listen to me. I'm not going to be upset at them. Um, it's going to make me very happy. And we want uh, to make God happy by knowing what he wants us to do and by doing that. And so Christian Reconstruction, if you're going to understand that, if you're going to understand theonomy, then this is where it starts. Um, it starts by, number one, all mankind is supposed to repent. Uh, two, uh, repenting means to lay away all the sins, the things you used to do, um, breaking the commandments, and now you're going to start to keep the commandments instead. This is why you would teach the law. You teach the law, as the Bible says, to schoolmaster, to bring you to Christ, number one, to teach you your need, and then to teach you how to live. And so this is what theonomy is. This is what Christianity, Christian Reconstruction is all about. Now, it does impact all areas of life. Because as a man is converted, he's going to obviously change how he lives. Uh, he's going to change how he orders his family, how he does business, and it's also going to affect how he votes. Um, if from the king down, if all men are told to repent, uh, this is like Nineveh. From the top of the king all the way down to the lowest of the low, every person is supposed to stop breaking the commandments and start keeping them. So if somebody is a federal judge, if they're a police officer, uh, if they're president of the United States, it doesn't matter who they are. How are they now supposed to live? What laws are they supposed to support? Uh, how are they supposed to guide a culture? Um, but that doesn't mean that that's what we're talking about. It's where we start. Um, some people misunderstand the difference between dominion and domination. People that want political power want domination. People that want dominion are those people who have control over what is theirs. Uh, first, you have dominion over yourself, which means you just have self-control. Uh, you have your body, uh, but you're freed from sin. In other words, you continue to uh, resist those temptations and overcome the temptations. Your sanctification is where you grow in the power to keep the commandments. And so if you're going to understand theonomy and if you're going to understand Christian reconstruction, it starts with the person, each individual. And then as the individuals and as families and as little cultures and communities are changed, it's going to affect everything else. Now, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. It's certainly not a uh, political movement. And it's not about forcing somebody else to do something. Um, it's about a person growing in the ability to do what's right versus what's wrong. A just and moral society, in other words. So there is a couple things um, that I would like to share as well. Because um, some people have ideas about theonomy and Christian reconstruction. And I came across a quote that Resturney had. Which we do lots of different stuff on Resturney Radio. And one of those is little quotes that he has from his famous books, and one is Law and Liberty. If you don't, haven't seen Law and Liberty, you can uh, look it up on restrainingradio.org or calcedon.edu. Uh, but his quote was, when the humanist tells us, therefore, quote, you can't legislate morality, unquote, what he actually means is that we cannot legislate biblical morality because he means to have humanistic morality legislated. Now, that's a very important uh, point And in his book, Law and Liberty, Restrian does a great job of explaining this type of idea about how all morality uh, is legislated because that's what laws are. Laws are based on a moral, uh, a religious foundation of some sorts. 
And so you cannot have anybody who says we can't legislate morality. All laws are legislated morality. When you say that uh, murder is, is illegal, you're, that's a, a level of morality. When you're saying that abortion is legal, then you're saying that this is our morality. Uh, this, is in, this is moral, therefore it's legal. And uh, the two don't go back and forth. You, it starts with what is moral or what is immoral, and then it goes into what is legal or what is illegal. Uh, but that's not where it starts. It just has to. You just have to understand that that's where it does get into, and that's where it does go. Um, people I've heard um, heard a guy talking about a podcast before, and one of the things that Christian Reconstruction and Rescuing were famous for was talking about Christian education. And I'm heavily into Christian education, the promotion of that, preschool pioneers, uh, finding people who would like to own and operate their own schools, and to help them do that. Um, but um, I ran into somebody who was all upset um, because they were doing a podcast on Rushduni. And one of the things that they're upset about is that he helped basically found and promote and propagate the Christian school movement in America as we know it today. And, of course, the homeschool movement as we know as well. He's actually called uh, the, the father of the, the homeschool movement, and rightfully so. Uh, but they were upset about that because they understood that Rushduni was saying that as things move forward, as they progressed – uh, as Christians became uh, more self-controlling, influencing their families, influencing their culture, uh, then yes, uh, education itself would shift to uh, to biblical truths, um, away from immorality, away from evolution, away from all these ideas that, as Christians, we obviously do not support. But that was seen as like some horrible, terrible thing that Christians would even move towards something like that, to where education itself would be known as Christian education. And I remember talking to the guy, and what we have in America today is exactly what they would be upset about, uh, about um, Christians attempting to do is influence the communities. But they have already, secular humanism already has captivated all of the schools. Um, that's what we have in America today, secular humanism. That's why evolution is taught in schools. Christianity is not allowed in schools. It's not allowed to be taught in schools, um, not even allowed to be as a variation in schools. Uh, you have compulsory education, so you do have to go to these schools. Thankfully, according to Christian school movements and others, there are options now, uh, but they don't want options. Um, so the funny thing is is that the people who are the kind of touting that it's a dangerous thing, Christians trying to influence culture, trying to force other people, that's what Rushdown is talking about here. Somebody is always uh, trying to say, well, this is right and everything else is wrong. Everybody's trying to say that. Uh, the difference being is that Christians don't start at the top and kind of push their way down. Uh, as you've been paying attention here, Christian Reconstruction at the uh, Theonomy does not do that um, from a biblical pr perspective. Now, I'm sure there's people who have written about that. I'm sure there's, there are theonomists or Christian Reconstructionists who have written about those types of things or said those types of things, just like Christians or professing Christians have all kinds of weird doctrines uh, that are not true or biblically based, but it doesn't mean... That Christianity itself, the faith is wrong, it just means that people who are professing to be Christians are not attributing or not um, explaining Christianity as it is and what it should be. Um, and the same thing happens with theonomy or Christian reconstruction or anything else under the sun. It doesn't matter what it is. And um, so if you're going to influence the world, I think you have to start with yourself. And that's what theonomy really is all about, uh, God's law. And that's what Christian Reconstruction is all about. It starts with the individual. Uh, Matthew 7 is a famous passage because it talks about the 
beam in your own eye and the moat that's in someone else's. And it says before you can help other people, you need to kind of look at yourself and get yourself in order. And then you might be able to see clearly. And that is the main issue right there as well. People want to control other people. Uh, people want to be judgmental of other people. Uh, but they don't like to look at themselves. That's one of the reasons why they like to stick to uh, current affairs, uh, politics, uh, world news, because they have to look at themselves too much. Um, they might see the flaws, and they don't want to see the flaws. They want to keep that that veil up that, that keeps them from seeing who they are and, and what they their problems are, problems in their own family. And see, Christian Reconstruction and Theonomy is not about trying to force anybody to do anything. Um, it's about teaching them what is right. In fact, the judgment is what is said here in Acts, very beginning from Mars Hill, uh, first thing we started with, with Paul. Uh, because if you start there, uh, this life is very short. Uh, it's, it's a blink of an eye and you're gone. Um, I remember when I was converted at 17, and now I'm 39. I remember when I first got married at 19, and now my wife and I, we have 11 children. We've been married um, 20 years now. Uh, blink of an eye. I didn't realize how quick it went. Uh, as a kid, you, you you think it takes forever. I mean, you're trying to get to different milestones. You're trying to get to 15. You're trying to get to 18. You're trying to get to 21. Uh, the different ages you're trying to get to. But what it comes down to is that life is a vapor in a bottle. And that's why the idea about influencing uh, civil government and law structures, it's all important because Christianity does do that. Um, but that's not the main focus. Um, if for some reason your goals as a Christian or non-Christian are to affect this world in general, um, you're going to have very little time to do it. And before you have even thought of succeeding or getting anywhere close to it, it'll be over. Uh, blink of an eye and, it, and it's done. And the judgment is coming. Uh, that is the most important thing. That's why the, the concept of theonomy and Christian reconstruction is important. Uh, but the most important thing is the gospel itself. Because every single person needs to hear that. Most people don't want to hear it. Um, they don't want to talk about it anymore. In fact, most people just, they, they don't like to hear it. They've heard Christianity before and they just you know, toss it over their shoulder and keep going. And that's perfectly okay. Uh, but see, when you teach God's law, you're trying to teach people how to prosper in this world. Um, same, I use the fire illustration all the time. But fire burns things and water, it can drown things. Uh, if you're not careful with it, it can hurt you. And same thing with everything else, the moral laws that we have concerning everything else. And so Christians are never about trying to be judgmental or trying to you know, be hateful to other people. Uh, but there are certain things that are wrong. Um, the difference is, is that everyone has a different morality. They have a different standard. And uh, I remember somebody was trying to say one time, well, um, you're religious and I'm, uh, I'm not religious because I'm not a Christian. We're all religious. Uh, the difference is, is where do we get our morality from and uh, what is our religion? Um, if you get your uh, morality from yourself or from other people, uh, then you are, your religion is humanism. Uh, you believe that mankind is the one, is the root, and they're determiners of um, morality and, and truth. If you get your uh, morality and laws from God, uh, then that is your Christian. Uh, but those are pretty much your, your, your two, um, two choices there. But everybody's religious, and every law is religious. Uh, every law is institutionalized religion uh, because you are literally saying this is the moral standard that society is supposed to hold up to, and here are the laws that are going to make you do that, either a positive or a negative. 
we're going to promote a certain level of morality and we're going to have laws to to go against and to dissuade people uh, from breaking those laws. And it doesn't matter uh, what law it is. It is a religious law. So um, I think that's enough talk for today. I hope to um, do more um, on these um, if it becomes a platform that we can we can do if we get listeners uh, for it. Maybe we can start giving away some um, free books or whatever for people as we tune in to try to get this going. Um, what we're going to do is I have a bunch of different names in here in my bucket. And as I said, this is for our three books that we were going to be giving away. And uh, I'm a little behind on it, but with the coronavirus, everything's behind right now. And uh, we're doing biblical philosophy of history, atheism in the early church, and foundations of social order. And uh, so let's go ahead and pull, and uh, one, two, three, four, and pull one. And uh, this one is Dale. Uh, I won't give his last name, but Dale Q. And he is from Georgia. So Dale, if you're listening to this, hope you are. Um, I pulled your name, and uh, I'll be contacting you via email, and uh, I'll be letting you get your new ebooks here, three new ebooks from RJ Restraining, um, given to you by us, um, free of charge. And so we'll be doing this again. Congratulations, Dale. And uh, hopefully this is something that uh, I'll be able to do um, as far as talking about theonomy, about its application, about how it actually affects us. Um, in particular, I think that people have a problem uh, because they always talk about theonomy and Christian Reconstruction up here. It's just the ideas. Um, but there's a practicality of, of what we do. And to just, before we sign off here, uh, if we take something, um, like the Sixth Commandment as an example, people like the commandments, they don't like the case laws. Case laws are the breakdown of the commandments themselves. Um, but here's one, Matthew seven twelve. This is very interesting. Uh, at least I found it interesting. I'm going to put it down here as one of the last things we'll talk about here. Matthew 7.12 says, Therefore all things whatsoever that you would that men should do to you, do you even to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It's also called the golden rule. And it is uh, rather profound, actually. It's rather profound because it's a summation of all the law and the prophets. Uh, whatever you want people to do to you, that's, that's what you should do to them. Now, the reason why this is important is because it has a personal side, like what does it mean for you? What does it mean for your kids? And then, of course, there's the other side, like it, how would it influence society? Well, just take the coronavirus thing that's going around. It's still March 2020, and coronavirus, I think, hopefully is on the downslope as far as the craziness we have going on here. But on the personal side for this, this is a commandment uh, here, which goes over the sixth commandment uh, to... To not harm your neighbor, not to kill them, not to cause them harm, uh, but to treat them as yourself, whatever you'd want other people to do to you. So for your children, if you're going to apply this commandment, if you're doing practical theonomy, practical Christian reconstruction, about how am I supposed to live now that I'm a Christian? What are the good works? Well, the commandments like this one, uh, given by Christ in Matthew 7, tells you what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to order your life. And on a personal level, it's not that complicated. Whatever you want somebody to do to you, that's what you do to them. It doesn't matter if it's your friend. It doesn't matter if it's somebody who doesn't even like you. Uh, but whatever you'd like somebody else to do to you, that's what you should do. I talk to my children. Obviously, I have 11 children. I work with kids. 
And but when I'm working with my children, I'll, I'll have them have an altercation with somebody or they'll be doing something. I'll just ask them a simple question. What would you want somebody to do to you? And immediately they can give me a simple answer because they know what they want somebody to do to them. doesn't mean that they always do it uh, to the other person. But they know it. They know what it is. So it's a very simple thing. It goes with the sixth, sixth commandment. And it really does is a very easy thing to guide all of your interactions with other people. Um, it t helps you stay out of trouble. Uh, and it helps you to make good connections with other people, um, bridge uh, gaps and, and broken relationships. This commandment does that so many different things. But on a personal level, when you're teaching your kids uh, over at like the coronavirus stuff here, um, it shouldn't be that you need a government to tell you what to do. And uh, in fact, biblical law has a very limited government because uh, there's different spheres of government. When we say government, people think just civil government. But there's actually personal government, there's government in the family, uh, there's the church government, there is civil government, lots of different other types. But every sphere uh, is limited uh, to different aspects and different authority. The problem is that civil government is too far-reaching, way beyond what it should be doing, um, at least from biblical perspective. And uh, if you took this from a practical side and the coronavirus itself, what should we be doing? Well, if your number one is you're supposed to protect your neighbor. Uh, if you had somebody who was sick, and I work in a child care facility, and I have people all the time who bring their kids in and they you know, have symptoms of vomiting, diarrhea, fevers, whatever, and they try to bring their kids into the school. And, of course, schools have very strict policies that you can't do that. But they will try to do it from time to time, and you just have to look at them and say, well, you know, not to be offensive or anything, but if this was someone else, shoe on the other foot – what would you want them to do to you? Somebody else's kid walked in here and somebody else's parent said, Jeremy, I want you to let this kid go into my school. I want you to let this child be with my kids that you know, clearly has symptoms, clearly is sick. What would you want them to do? And you know, I've asked that question to people before and they just say, well, I want them to take the kid to the doctor or stay home. I say, mm, that's what you should do. And you know, it works really well. So I use this at, at work as well. But I also do it to my kids whenever we're, there's any altercations between them. I do it with them too. But then if you took this on the next level and as uh, far as civil government and how it applies and things like that about um, doing things into them that you'd want them to do to you. Let's say you are a person who's going to – has a bill in front of you, uh, your legislature, your governor, your whatever you are. And um, somebody has a question mark like maybe Bernie Sanders or whatever, people who are pr openly promoting socialism to – tax the rich and things like that, um, what would you want? Now, I'm not going into too deep of politics here, but Bernie Sanders was put on the spot uh, by some people asking him questions and was asking him, well, what about you? Why don't you right now start paying 70% of your taxes? And he completely avoided the question. Um, in other words, it was for other people. Other people are going to be taxed, but not him. And so if you were a politician uh, and you wanted to say, well, how does this affect how I do my job? Well, would you want somebody to steal 70% of your money or 50% of your money or whatever? The answer is no. Um, would you want somebody to come in after you're dead with a death tax and then steal money from your children? You've already been taxed on it, but now they're going to come back after you're dead and tax everything again and steal from your children. Uh, you wouldn't want that. So in other words, as you see, it starts to affect how you live life and how you react and, and it doesn't influence civil government because those people then have to make decisions based on their uh, moral standards and what they believe is right and wrong. 
And if you have a biblical perspective, um, then you're going to react a certain way. You're going to want to institute certain things on a personal level, family level, business level, and yes, on a civil level. Uh, if you're a police officer and uh, you're enacting your job, what would you want to, people to do to you? Or how would you want somebody to treat or another police officer to treat your your wife or uh, your child, your son, your daughter? How would you want them to treat your kids and so or your family? And then that's how you should treat other people. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and if you could institute simple things like this for Christian Reconstruction, it really affects the entire world. So I think I've talked enough on that. But uh, practical theonomy, practical uh, Christian Reconstruction is what... Christianity is all about. And it's about the newness of life. Um, it's about how we're supposed to live now that we are a different person. Uh, where the new creature acts like a different person. And uh, I can speak for myself. When I was 17, I was converted. Completely different person. Uh, I understand why um, back in the old days, they used to have your uh, birth name and then your Christian name uh, because now you were a new person and therefore you got yourself a new name. Uh, to identify yourself as a different person than you used to be. Uh, so now I understand that a little bit more. But anyways, um, hopefully some people have enjoyed this broadcast, um, cr101radio.com. We have been broadcasting on our uh, internet radio station, hence our microphone here. Uh, we've been broadcasting on Facebook Live, if you're paying attention on that. Thank you for watching. If you are on Periscope or Twitter... Thank you for watching. Uh, if you're on the website, hi again. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to do this some more. And as I said before, we're going to uh, give away some more free books. Uh, so if you stay tuned and we're able to do more of these live, broad, uh, live broadcasts, then we can also give away some free stuff to those people who might um, actually utilize it. Um, check out our website, cr10radio.com. Uh, we have the book giveaways, preschool pioneers. We have... Reform, Reproduce, Reconstruct. Lots of different episodes on there. Hopefully it is edifying to you. Uh, also, we have on there as well, uh, like I said, our book giveaways. Check out RestroNewRadio.org for content from RG Restroney. And check out Calcedon.edu as well, um, our partner, because uh, Calcedon Foundation has got lots of materials on there. Um, we definitely suggest you go there and check it out as well. So anyways, this is Jeremy Walker, and uh, this has been CR10 cr101radio.com or Christian Reconstruction 101 uh, Radio and uh, our first broadcast. So thank you again for, um, for joining me. Uh, God bless and uh, have a good night.